Welcome to Charting Uncharted Waters, Special Education in the Days of COVID, a project of the Olivet Nazarene University Special Education Program. We know that the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the work of special educators, and we want to understand how. With this podcast, we are aiming to gather future special educators together to listen to the reflections of practicing special educators, particularly listening for the ways their work has changed since the initial wave of coronavirus cases caused our schools to close back in March. Every episode is a conversation between someone from Olivet, either a special education major or a professor on one side of the table, and a practicing special ed teacher from one of our local schools on the other. For this episode, a senior special education major, Emily Justice, who's student teaching this spring, will be interviewing Kaylin Bess, a special ed teacher from BBCHS or Bradley Bourbonnet Community High School. Enjoy the episode. Hi, my name is Kaylin Bess. I am in my 14th year of teaching and I'm at BBCHS in Bradley, Illinois. This is my 11th year at BBCHS and my sixth year in our community-based instruction program, which is our life skills program. I teach mostly practical life skills and I also teach English to all of the students that are in this program, which is roughly about 30, 35 to 40 students we have in our program. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. So I know about BBCHS because I was there, but most people listening wouldn't. How would you describe your school like they're back to a year ago, like an entire year ago, last December? How would you describe your school? Pre-COVID days, I would say BBCHS is such a busy place. You pull into this parking lot at 6.30 a.m., or 6.30 p.m., it looks like there's hundreds of people here. There were games of any type you could think of. Robotics is here. Swim is down in the pool. Theater. Um, Our choir is always doing things. Our teachers are always working on curriculum and doing this and that. And it just, the halls are always buzzing. Our best buddies, like we would do at least two to three events with best buddies every month. And uh, there was just always a positive energy that really circulated around being a Boilermaker. And I think that I, you know, when I think back to like football season last year, you know, every Friday night, we're like, what are we doing this Friday night or this Friday night? You know, it was just, there was always such great energy. And yeah, that's crazy to think that was almost a year, you know, a year ago, that's what we were doing. <laughs> it is crazy. That is almost an entire year ago. So what is Best Buddies and how many students were in that last year? Yeah. So um, Best Buddies is an international organization to bring people together that have disabilities with their peers. It's to develop friendships that last a lifetime. And our chapter of Best Buddies here at BBCHS had roughly 380 members or so last year. We were close to about 20%, I think it was like 18% of our student body actually joined our club last year, either as a peer buddy or an associate member. Um, So it was great. It's uh, it was Best Buddies has been one of the most exciting parts of our, our school. Yeah, 20% is a massive number of your students, too. Huge number of students committing to inclusion and not forgetting our special needs population. I just think that it's remarkable to think that we have a student body that refuses to say, you know, they're not a, par- they're not a Boilermaker. You know, our, our students in special education are just as much a cornerstone of this building as our athletes or our scholars or whatever it is. It's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So walk me through the journey from like the beginning of March when we found out that COVID was a thing to kind of the end of the year. What did that look like for you? Thoughts, feelings, all of the above. The one thing that people might not know is the week right before um, the COVID shutdown was actually spread in in the word week. So big week in our program, in our community-based program, because we talk a lot about inclusion and the importance of joining together. And we end our week with a celebration called Special Games, which is at Lincoln Way. It's part of the Lincoln Way School District. Um, It was supposed to be at Lincoln Way West this year. So we end our week on Thursday with this big, huge celebration with our entire conference. All these students come together to celebrate inclusion and acceptance and fun. And we were all ready to go. Our theme was Adventure Awaits. And we were ready to go on that Thursday. And that Thursday morning, we found out no one's going. All the, A lot of the schools were pulling out due to safety. And that's when I think it hit us like, oh my gosh, this is, this is real. Like special, special Games is the big event of the year that everyone looks forward to. And we just pulled out of, the, out of it at 7.50 and the buses roll at like 8.10. So we were shocked. I was not ready for that. And then we tried our best to make the most of the day, not realizing that that was the last day that our buddies were going to see each other. Um, I get emotional thinking about that because it's these friendships that had developed for years and years and years. And then no one thought on March 12th, March 13th, that those were the last days they weren't going to say goodbye. You know, they left that day. I'm like, all right, I'll see you later. Like, this was fun. Gave each other hugs. And now almost a year later, like that was the last hug that maybe some people have gotten from outside their family. That's a pretty powerful thing to think about. So we started uh, March 17th. Um, You know, we were at home and some of our kids had their Chromebooks and we always, we did a lot of hands-on work. So yes, we were of a little bit of a benefit where my students in my homeroom, they were very comfortable using Google Classroom. Did we use it every day? No. But did they do work on there and have to turn things in on there? Yes, they did. Um, So the kids were comfortable with that. One thing that we did on the Monday, so our kids came to school on that Monday, and then we left, they released at noon. And I made sure that I wrote down every single password that they had. I wrote down the step-by-step directions on how to log on to a Google Meet and what that would look like. And we practiced it together in class. So we had enough time to do those those skills. And then we set them free. And it was like, okay, I don't know when I'm going to see you again. And my kids would work with me um, every morning. I would send out a daily self-assessment, kind of like a morning check-in. How are you feeling? What are you doing? And then at nine o'clock every day, we would log on and we would meet together. Um, March looked different. At that point, for a lot of my students, community-based, we were just trying to check in. How are you? Are you eating? Are you, you know, is your family okay? There's uh, this whole world of problems that you don't see just in the classroom. And then now we're looking at those. So we would check in. We had a lot of conversation. We tried to keep our morning meetings going. We tried to still celebrate birthdays. Um, But I thought the best part was when we left in March, we were right in the middle of the Hunger Games. And we read every day aloud. We'd read the Hunger Games aloud. And I didn't want to just stop. You know, so every day um, I would read the Hunger Games to them and I loved it. I had such great attendance. A lot of teachers were really struggling with attendance, but like our kids came, they logged on every day because they wanted to hear the story. Um, And I think that's really what kind of kept me sane during those first few weeks where I was 
didn't know what was going on. You know, I was scared. My mother's in healthcare. My sister's in healthcare. My husband's a police officer. I was so scared of all these other people doing their jobs, but like being able to log on and be with my kids every day and just reading and doing something so simple as like jumping into a story and feeling the story was, it was pretty powerful. And it made me, it made me happy to have them. So See, that was really it. <laughs> yeah. The consistency and the normalcy is really important to like keep in mind right yeah. now. When everything is just like, like I've been stuck in my apartment for the last 15 days and we got five more to go. And I just kind of have to try to keep doing things that make me feel normal. And just like that connecting to people, you forget how important it is. Like, yeah, that's what it looked like last year for us. You know, I was definitely people first, people first mentality. That's awesome. And it's really nice that you all have like that one day where you could just come in and kind of get everything ready. A lot of schools, they just kind of were like spring break and then we're done. I know it is wild. It's just so crazy to think back. I wish I would have journaled. I wish I would have had the kids journal a little bit more um, because I I mean, I thought like summer was going to come around and it was going to be like an 80 degree day. And then all of a sudden we're gonna be like, this heat killed COVID and we're done. Yeah, it's so funny to look back on that and think that we all thought that like, oh yeah, the summer heat will just kill it and then we'll all go yeah. our fall like normally. Uh, I, I never would have thought, I never would have thought it'd be November and we were still talking about it in like present tense. I thought for sure we were past tense, but I know. Someday, someday. What is your school doing differently now? It's like, are you guys in person, full virtual, yeah. half and half? I really need to just shout out like, our administrators and our union team and everything that they did, I don't think they left a single stone unturned when trying to figure out what to do. I think one thing people forget is that like our administrators, they're parents too. They have teenagers. They had teenagers. They have, they have the same problems that I have at home that their, their fears, their kids are worried about, their as parents are worried about. And they put so much work into a plan. And, you know, plan one didn't work, you know, because COVID kept happening. We, we did have to shut down in-person learning for a couple weeks and then reopen it again and so on and so forth. So the nice thing is, is that um, at BB, I haven't ever felt like it was, this is what we're doing and this is where we're going. It's like, they've had to adjust with ever-changing world and what's going on. So currently BBCHS is fully remote right now except for our students who are have IEPs, English learners, I believe some 504, those, those populations are able to attend from eight to noon. There are no rooms that have more than, I think this morning I looked at the first hour attendance, I think most rooms have between zero kids in the building and seven or eight kids in the building. Most classrooms are roughly two kids per class in person, the rest are online. Wow. Reason being in doing this is, you know, the state said that, you know, the students with IEPs, they, they learn best in person and same for those other populations. So those students are able to stay in the building. And then at BBCHS, our administrators also have identified another group of students who were struggling the most with this virtual learning. And they reached out to those students. They reached out to their families and said, you know, we want to offer this as an option for your students so that they can stay successful. And there are quite a few of them. I mean, not quite a few, but a number of them who are returning and building as well. Like I said, that played into those numbers. We have a, um, our student engagement and data people that looked at 
every number you could think of. I mean, they looked at what their grades were last year at this time compared to what their grades are now, their attendance, their completion. They looked at all these numbers and crunched all these numbers to get a list of people. And it's pretty incredible what people can do with data. So, yeah, that's, that's an insane amount of work that they have done and put into that. And yeah. you know, the, the normal person just like that has a you know, normal job, not a school job, wouldn't even think yeah. all of the details that go into all of those things. And it really is. It's that behind the scenes effort that has been the behind the scenes effort that's been created for our kids. It's not, you know, it's, it's for literally nothing right now, except for to, to make sure that our kids are are learning and we're doing something for them. Like we've gotten back to a point where it's just like right now it's the essential information. What is essential that they have to learn and let's find a way to get them to learn it. Mm -hmm. So they're doing, I mean, like I said, our administrators give them a big virtual hug because they just are, they're, they're crushing it right now. So that's awesome to hear. How have you as a teacher grown through this process with all of these changes and new things happening? Um, I think as a teacher, I mean, I can obviously the first place any teacher is going to jump to is like technology. Like we've had to learn how to manage in person, online, together, separate. What am I going to do this meeting? How am I going to run an IEP meeting virtually where everyone's in different locations? So technology has really become something that, I mean, I feel like I maybe wasn't the, the top of the class at, but now I'm like, we got to do it. But as a human being, I think it's really taught me that like, grace and compassion. I feel like I've always had those things, but right now, like that's the most important thing. Like I'm going to give you grace. You have 30 minutes with me a day and I don't, I don't want those 30 minutes to be miserable for anyone. And I want to make sure that we can cherish that time because it's not, it's not guaranteed it's going to happen next week. Um, so let's do the most that we can. And I think that in a special education class, probably easier to do that than maybe in a general education class because I have smaller numbers and I have, I can kind of adjust my schedule, but learning how to do that has been a big deal because I'm the type of person that keeps my curriculum document open and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm on this outcome, but I have to get through this and I have to get through this. And, you know, last week I was thinking about, I have a whole nother outcome I haven't even started and I have to get it done before Christmas. And then I was like, have grace for myself too. Um, I, I'll be kind of candid here. The beginning of the school year, I'm sure most teachers would agree with me. I literally cried every day. I cried in school. I cried so much after school. Um, I cried for our kids. I cried for what they were missing. I cried for myself, but then I was up. I put my own children to bed. My kids are three, five, and eight. I would race to get them dinner. I'd race to put them to bed. And then I would sit down and I'd work from 7.30 to 11.30 every night. And I just, all I could do was think about school and how could I teach this? And do I have my Bitmoji classroom set up with these links? And is this enough or should I do this? And it was just, I had to learn to give myself some grace. And um, I'm not the best teacher in the world right now, but at least I'm trying, you know, I don't know. Hopefully everyone feels that way. Don't give up. Just try. Yeah. You've talked about relationship building a lot, and that's a very important part of your classroom. How have you and your students kind of journeyed through the last few months of building relationships as normal as possible, but virtually? I can definitely see where, because we have a very blended schedule where I do have uh, just a couple students that have chosen to go virtual 
you know, due to medical reasons and safety. So they are virtual. The rest of my students have been in class. And there's times where I'm kind of like, it's just like normal. I just can't give you a high five. I can't give you a hug and I can't change your seat. Like you're just going to stay in the same seat for four hours. So our relationships, we're, we're building them. And I was nervous about that, getting some new students at the beginning of the year, mean maybe not being able to be my goofy self and having that mask over my face and like, they're not gonna be able to see my emotions, they're not gonna be able to read my emotions. But it all came, it's all coming together. You know, like all those fears that I had built up in my head of the what nots, the what isn't gonna happen, at the root of it all, there's still students and I'm still a teacher and I still love my kids and my kids can still see it in what I do. Like all those other things that we've been losing sleep over didn't matter in the end. It really just mattered that like, I was still that same person with that same energy throughout the whole, throughout the whole year. So I definitely feel like those relationships are still there. I don't think that it's been as easy to build them outside of this environment though. So I really feel though for those teachers who are in more of a general education setting or even a direct instruction setting that don't get as much time or to see their students as much. Right now, you know, a lot of our students, they log on and their screens are, their screens are black and they're muted and there is no relationship. And it's really hard to look at a gen ed class where you have 24 students and every single one of them has their screen off. You feel real lonely. It's like, I imagine it's what like being in an empty auditorium trying to uh, change someone's life is like, like, is there anybody out here? I don't know. Like, but so I definitely feel for those teachers. I know it's got to be hard, but hopefully their words, they might not be able to see it, but hopefully their words and their actions and just the fact that they're there is sticking with the kids, you know, mm-hmm. they're showing yeah. up. Every- yeah, they are. I've, I'm in a general education setting this semester okay. more so than I have been before for my like practicum hours and stuff. And it's, it's incredibly odd for a teacher to teach to just like a, like a class as normal, but they're all wearing masks and they don't, they don't say anything. And it's like, you just, yeah. you just want them to like be them and like be, be a person during this time and connect with you and with each other and with the content. And it's just yeah. so much harder. Have you um, in your classroom found any new ways to connect with students and have them build relationships like online with each other or with you? You know what, actually, I have a first year teacher who comes into my room. I'm going to give her a shout out because she's done a great job with this. Her name is Jackie Moore. She graduated from University of Alabama, Roll Tide. She has created these programs and things that they're doing on Fridays that has got the kids so energized. So she does a Jackbox. It's called Jackbox TV. Mm-hmm. It's a website that she uses. And my kids, I've never used it. I've never even heard of it. So, you know, they've got old lady me not doing stuff like that. And now you have a young teacher coming in that's doing this cool new thing. And they get so excited every Friday. They're just ready to play Jackbox. And then she does also um, her high tides and her low tides, which goes back to her roll tides. Um, she plays Sweet Home Alabama. And the kids will give their high tide of the week and their low tide of the week. And she does such a great job with that, which is something like I've done before, you know, I've called it peaks and valleys or uh, whatever it is, but the, the way she just incorporates her energy to it, it transcends like a computer screen, you know, when she's playing Sweet Home Alabama in the class and she has the kids, you know, chanting stuff that they say at the University of Alabama, 
it's exposing them to something they've never seen before. I've never seen. And it's an energy that like needs to be brought. So I definitely think that's been something really cool um, that's been brought to my classroom. So I don't think I could have done it myself. When you've been in the same room for a long time or you're with the same kids, you start to get very comfortable. And I guess that's, you know, I, I just... It's really nice to see other people bring a new energy um, and it kind of reinvigorates my own energy as well. That's awesome. I never thought of Jackbox in a classroom. My, um, my husband and I will play that like with our family that lives like hours and hours and states away because we'll like get on Zoom and like share screen with Jackbox and I'll be able to like play a game together. But yeah. it's a super unique idea to use it in a classroom. I love that. Yeah, they, they love it. They didn't play it this Friday and a student was um, absent and he even messaged and he was like, did I miss Jackbox? I was like, no, we didn't do it. So, I mean, yeah, the kids, it definitely has them engaged and it's something they look forward to. And it's just different from using the old cahoots and, you know, that type of stuff that that's where, that's about where my like knowledge of fun online stuff ends is I'm like, well, you want to play another cahoot? So... <laughs> It's, it's wild to think of cahoots as like old news now. Exactly. Last, last year, the kids went crazy over cahoot. Yeah. And now, they're, now they're just like, what are, what are we doing today? Yeah, another cahoot, great. Yeah. So, and that's one thing I want to challenge myself over Christmas break to find some more things. Like there's so much out there. And I do think that's kind of what made me feel almost like I was drowning at the beginning of the year though, was that there is so much out there and I couldn't do it all. You know, I'm making these Bitmoji classrooms. I'm linking this and I'm linking that. And I want to incorporate this. And I was trying to teach myself how to do all these things while trying to teach students. And I was drowning with just too much. Like, yeah. do, a, or do a few things great rather than trying to do a dozen things okay. You know, so that was, but now I just got to find some more, maybe just add some more tools to my toolbox now that I'm doing, I don't feel as stressed as I did at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's good. So you talked about the culture of your school before, and you've talked about the culture of your classroom now, but how is, how is the culture of your school in general different now with COVID? Is it more distant or more supportive, or how are you seeing that impact on the students and the teachers as well? It's very scary, um, and it's nothing I think that is just directly with my district. I think it's universal right now there is not really a community feel about education at the moment. Um, maybe a community of educators trying to work together. You know, I, I'm a part of some different Facebook groups and things like that where people are sharing all kinds of resources for free and doing great things like that. But as far as students getting the student daily life they don't have it. And I teach high school. So high school is different than grade school where my son seems happy. You know, he has some things that are different. He seems very happy and his teacher is incredible. But high school kids, they're missing their dances. They're missing their games. They're missing their competitions. They're missing the lunchroom and just everything, you know? And as teachers, that's one of the reasons we get into high school too, is because of the culture that you get in high school and just that vibe and that feeling and you're working with these kids that are on the brink of adulthood and it's exciting and right now it's an exciting time they're all applying to colleges and they're getting accepted and that community culture just isn't there so I just I, I long for that everyone's just doing what they have to do to keep moving the ship you know like let's just keep moving forward 
but I would be lying if I didn't say that my heart breaks for these seniors. I just want to reach out and give all of them a big hug. And I have some of my best leaders that I've ever had and best buddies are seniors this year. And I just wish there was something we could do. You know, we've just got complete, they're going to be, they might have some really tough years. I don't know if I guess if I could tell them one thing, these years, you're going to look back and you're going to be really sad that you missed out, but they have so much coming for them in their future. Like these are just little years compared to the bright years that are going to be ahead. So hopefully they'll learn some resilience, um, persistence, and so much out of this time that by the time they're my age, you know, they will have developed the great leaders. So this is my last question or topic. How do you think that this one day when this like ends, maybe that's next semester, next year, whenever, um, we're all hoping that it's as soon as possible, but how do you think that this will impact school in the future? Do you think we'll kind of bounce back or will it be different maybe two years or three years from now? I, I follow a lot of things on social media. You know, I'm friends with a lot of like those teachers on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. You know, I saw um, a post the other day and just the heading of it said, maybe school wasn't so great before COVID to begin with. And I think that COVID is giving us the opportunity to look at maybe the way school is ran. I don't know how it'll change, but I do think without something big and earth shattering like this, school would have just continued on the way it was probably for the foreseeable future. Um, I do feel like we just threw a wrench in the plan and let's see what's, what's going to happen. I mean, is, I don't know. I can't even speak to what really school could look like in the future. If I had to say one thing, I do know I'm assuming snow days are a day of the past sorry like as a teacher like I live for a good snow day so like knowing that I'm never gonna get that day of turning off my alarm clock again hurts it hurts but um you know I wonder if there's going to always be that virtual class option of okay well they couldn't come to school today they're on the computer or what have you um I look forward though to the day where I can take the boxes off of my floor and I can put my soft seating and all my flexible seating back in and the kids can experience what a classroom with flexible seating is supposed to be rather than what we're going through right now and you know I can't wait for to hear loud kids in the hallway I never thought I would miss being like be quiet stop slamming lockers but you know when you have all your lockers taped off and nobody in the halls it's just not a school you know yeah. So um, I look forward to it. I know that education is going to change, but hopefully we'll find something strong out of this. If there's anything that is strong, I mean, it's the teachers. I pray that we're going to have educators that are uh, going to continue on in this field. They're not going to be as burnt out as what I mean, I'm assuming a lot will be, but I'm hoping we can find a way that they'll stick with it. And I pray that maybe some future educators like yourself and others will see like how important it is. You know, maybe even some high school or some grade school kids right now will see all that their teachers are doing, whether it's a teacher dancing around a classroom in front of a screen trying to get their kids to laugh or seeing all the hours they're putting in, driving homework over to a kid's house. Like, I hope those things are sticking. I hope they're sticking with parents. I hope they're sticking with kids and people are just seeing that like we don't do this job because we love English or we love 
Pythagorean's theorem, you know, like that's not why people teach. We do this job because we love kids. And I, I mean, everything we're doing right now is for our kids. There's literally nothing. I have never heard a teacher this whole time say, I'm doing this because I want to, you know? Yeah. You know, everyone's doing it because it's for the kids. So hope everybody sees that and we continue that like what's best for kids. So, yeah. Yeah. I think people are definitely seeing that the, the feel that I'm getting from people that I talk to and social media and all that, which is really the only way we can like connect with people right now, which is so odd, but it does, it does seem like teachers are, are being more appreciated and being more noticed now. And it's scary. I mean, it's, it's scary for anyone, you know, no one wants to get sick and no one wants to get their family sick, you know, by being in a classroom or being in their job. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't want that either, but the fear of that, like, really went away from me after I finally had the kids in the room. Like, I don't think about, about it a lot. I'm not able to, you know, I I do have to tell my kids, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't give you a a tight squeeze today, you know, or, you know, go wash your hands. You know, there's a lot more of that, but that constant fear that I had at the beginning of what's going to happen, that's definitely disappeared. So. That's awesome. Thank you so much for this time and this interview and talking with me and it was a lot of fun. This has been Charting Uncharted Waters, Special Education in the Days of COVID, a project of the Olivet Nazarene University Special Education Program. Special thanks to the teachers and schools in our area who continue to do great work no matter what comes their way. Thanks also to the Frias family, whose generous support has made this and several other projects possible. Finally, a huge thanks to Professor Brian Utter in the Communications Department at Olivet, particularly for recommending Shimada Fontes. Shimada's hard work and ability have made this podcast come to life. Find out more about Olivet and the Special Education Teacher Training Program at olivet.edu.